That was the opening music to Paint Your Wagon, and it's a movie that's based on a musical, and it was released in 1969, and stars Lee Marvin, Clint Eastwood, and uh, Gene Seberg. And it is a musical, and it has Clint Eastwood singing in it, which is, for me, was weird to see. <laughs> he has a he has a pretty good voice, though. Yeah, very soft, very, very, very soft for a man of his stature and size, you know, all that. But he's a very good musician. Plays the piano, does a lot of jazz music. Some of his children, I think, are in music. One of the comments on IMDb was that he's got an everyman voice, and certainly not the worst singer in the movie, which I would agree with. Uh, who would be the worst singer in the movie, in your opinion? Uh, I found that preacher guy that came to town to be annoying, and I didn't like his character or his singing. Oh, that was so true. And I, 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 w I wouldn't say Lee Marvin was an amazing singer, but he, he held his own, I would say. He, he, I, I kind of liked his singing, actually. Not only that, but he won a gold record in the United Kingdom for being number one with the song Wandering Star. <laughs> seen a sight that didn't look better looking back this in our patron only bonus episode that's a very melancholy scene in the movie and it's uh, the song fits it perfectly i won't get this quote exactly right but uh, one of the other cast members said that listening to lee marvin sing was like watching or hearing a wild uh, monsoon rainwater running down a rusty pipe <laughs> <laughs> i guess that that maybe would be true <laughs> but I have to give them credit, they both did their own singing. Yeah. 
they stepped up and did it. Now, did they overdub uh, Jane Seberg singing, though? I think I, I read like... where they did, yes. Yeah. That she did not do her own singing. So I don't know what her voice would be like. <clears throat> but the movie um, was released by Paramount. And uh, I remember, let's see, it was released in October 1969. And I remember there was so much press about the film because it had gone way over budget. It was way long and there were all kinds of controversies about it. It was almost like the studio had to stay with it because they put so much money in, they kept putting more in thinking it would, you know, they'd recoup it. And uh, it barely broke even. I, I was talking to uh, Shelby about this and I was like, how did they, how did this movie ever get made in 1969? I mean, it's way after the heyday of the musicals. And it's so long and they built they actually built that little town out in Oregon and I think I read that they were almost over budget before the movie even started filming because it was so expensive to build that that town out there oh I, I agree yeah what was what was Shelby's take on it she said that it kind of reminded her of something that would be better as a cartoon <laughs> <laughs> like a Disney musical or something uh... I guess we should do our introduction now yeah. that we're well into our, our visit. Yeah, so you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at classicmoviereviews.net. And on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash classicmoviereviews. And thank you to our patrons. We really appreciate your support. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm coming to you from North Bend. And this is uh, Bob uh, Johnson in Los Angeles welcoming everybody back to classic movie reviews and paint your wagon which is based on a 1951 musical as you mentioned wow there's so many different thoughts i have on the film uh you were mentioning in, in kind of before we did the introduction that the location was really remote and i read one of the things i read was it cost eighty thousand dollars each day to transport the cast and crew to the lo- to the location, because the nearest road was quite a ways away. I heard and they just, flew them in on helicopter. Some of them probably did, and yeah, and some of them probably yeah they probably had to. I think it was probably the stars they flew in. I bet some people just stayed out there, like in a like kind of like in Gunga Dean when they they built yeah. that town yeah. out in Lone Pine. As I was, I think that's probably true. As I was thinking about the film and watching it again. It's almost an example of the excess that could go into filmmaking, and I, I had a confirmation of that. I was as I was reading some stuff. Uh, Clint Eastwood said that because of the cost and the delays and all, it really pushed him even further into making sure that he would become a director someday, so that he could build uh, make films within budget and on time that were quality. Because he said this is. This is not the way you make them. It just got out of control. The budget doubled. So I, I looked up what paint your wagon means, and there's a couple of different sites here. But uh, one is that it means uh, to get your stuff together and move on. And then another meaning, meaning is to paint someone's wagon means to not just defeat them, but to deliver such a humiliating defeat that they'll never want to be seen locally again. Because in a, in a way, that's kind of like Ben's character, where he just... He he kind of he kind of in a way at the end of the movie did get his his uh, 
shit together and, and just moved on. <clears throat> I did some more research. And uh, in terms of the logistics of the filming, the nearest hotel to the location for the filming was 60 miles away. And it cost $2.5 million to build a camp for the, for the making of the film. And I'm thinking to myself, who selected this location and who approved it? 60 miles? There's got to be way closer places than Eastern Oregon for this. I mean, it was a beautiful location. It was. Oh, really... yeah, the, the quality and value of the production values were great, but the money was flying out the window like a hurricane. And so much of the movie was filmed outdoors, too, because uh, I know that the interior scenes were filmed on the studio uh, back lot or <clears> in, the, in the studio. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, there was a ton of scenes where they were just out by the creek or, mm -hmm. you know, out in the fields or up in the mountains. And, yeah, they, they spent a lot of time out there. A lot of time, a lot of money. And I, I know I'm jumping ahead. When the uh, tunnels underneath the town because they were collecting gold dust. <laughs> when yeah. all that collapsed, I'm thinking... What did that cost? Well, that's the thing is they blew up the town at the end of the movie. It's, it's, I mean, for real. They, they, they built that town and then uh, they, they blew it up. I just, I just can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure that happens in other films. This, it's easy for me to say, I guess, because I've never directed a film. But if it had been about two hours in length, I think it could have been edited down to about two hours, maybe two hours and ten minutes. It would have been, I think, a more enjoyable film. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a slog to get through it. And, and I, I, was rem I was laughing to myself when we hit the intermission. And then the intermission was like five minutes long, too. I know. And... I'd forgotten that they used to put intermissions in these long movies. They don't really do that anymore. Like the Avengers, some of the Avengers movies are like two and a half hours long, but there's no intermission. Well, maybe we should, I guess, spend a little bit of time on, on the main characters. The director, Josh Logan, had a long career, did a lot of films, and some of them uh, are uh, excellent. A 1955 Picnic with William Holden and Kim Novak, and then uh, we've reviewed South Pacific. That was one of his films from 1958, and one that's, uh, I think, really good and, and uh, not seen by a lot of people, Bus Stop from 1956 with Marilyn Monroe and Don Murray. So he had a long career, but it just seems like this one, you know, sometimes I've been on a couple of projects in my life where the budgets just went out of control, and it's almost like, a natural disaster. You're not quite sure how to get it back in control. <laughs> yeah. So I think that got. I think that happened. And Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood were were uh, really good. I can't think of another person that could have played Ben than oh Lee Marvin. Oh my gosh. No, he was so perfect in that role. And I mean, there were definitely moments in the film where I was like, he's so overacting, and it's just so cartoonish. It, it really, really, in a way, like felt like a cartoon in yep. some parts of the movie and his acting was i mean he was either yelling or just stumbling around drunk it seemed like most of the time <laughs> or or both <laughs> or both <laughs> he turned down the role in the uh, wild bunch oh yeah to to be in this film and then eastwood uh, when he sang it, i i i thought he'd probably have more of a baritone voice and it would be more projected but it was very very gentle like a balladeer 
and his name throughout almost the entire movie is Pardner. Pardner, Pardner yeah. We don't we don't learn his name until the very very like last two minutes of the movie, I think. I don't know if we should reveal what his name is or not. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, not a we'll huge. Leave, we'll leave it. Maybe we'll that leave will it, pique yeah. people's interest. We'll just call him Partner, which is what everybody yeah. else calls him. Yeah. And uh, he he's he's a real innocent kind of guy. He's kind of a romantic. And his first song is a song about a girl. Oh, I know. Still see Elisa, she keeps on returning as breathless and young as ever. I still hear Elisa and still feel a yearning to hold her against me again. heart was made of holidays Her smile was made of dawn Her laughter was an April song That echoes on and on Since I saw Lisa The shadows are falling and winter is calling above But I still see Elisa Whenever I dream of And then Ben kind of gives him a hard time about that, because Ben is a is a real rough kind of prospector, frontiersman. Doesn't have a lot of illusions about life. Pretty much just gets through life. I don't know, like drinking and gambling and carousing. Carousing, yeah. And and he's got some money from this uh, claim, uh, uh, this gold mine claim that he has with partner. And it, it turns into a pretty big operation through the film. I mean, to the point where they've built this town, this real, like, rough frontier town. Partner and Ben are kind of, I wouldn't say they're leaders, but they're definitely kind of more looked up to in the town because they're the ones who sort of, like, got the whole thing started. It's interesting, uh, kind of the opening uh scenes that have to do with uh, Ben's rescue of partner after that tragic wagon train uh, accident and uh, they uh, he immediately bonds with him and they're really different and it's it, it's it's fun to watch Clint Eastwood in this role because after his roles as the man with no name in those Italian or spaghetti westerns and then in all the dirty in the five dirty hairy movies <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's so naive well, you knew this was going to be kind of a comedy when the they're going to bury Partner's brother, and they've got him in the ground, and they've got these ropes kind of around him that they've used to lower the body into the into the grave, 
And then they discover that there's all this gold dust that they've dug up. And they just all they just all of a sudden like fling the partner's brother's body out of the hole and start like digging into the hole and it's like <laughs> forget this guy we're we're gonna we found gold and there's, there's a, money in the mills and there's a song at the beginning uh, kind of the opening song is about gold and it's all about getting rich and there's parts of it that feel like um, they did a good job of representing what it would have been like to be on the frontier. Uh, prospecting for gold and how uh, primitive that was you know they're living out of a tent and they're just at the whim of the elements and they're just working all day long trying to get this gold out of the creek well they knew how to party <laughs> True. you know that 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 those scenes where they're uh, hand me hand me down the can of beans yeah they have that, that and was, it's raining and it's muddy that was and, amazing oh yeah. yeah it was it was just a mess there were some scenes where I was like, how did people not get hurt? Ben! Ben Rumson! Ben! You bloody old rumpot! Mad Jack Duncan! Well, this is my part! Uh, I heard you was in town. Wait till I tell you what happened to Harry and Ernest and me. What? We never went home. Come on, lads! We're having a dance! Jump in! Hey, climb on! We're going to our dance! <laughs> so many people and it was so slippery and muddy and probably another reason it went over budget well just think the logistics of putting together just that one dance number with all that all the people and all i was like wow and and i'm, I'm like okay we got the idea they're having a party move on <laughs> yeah but it goes on for quite a while i was going to say the music and then i think was provided by the nitty dirty nitty gritty dirt band which went on and become very popular. A man comes into town with two women, and uh, one of the women has a baby. And we find out that he's a Mormon, and he is married to both of these women, but then he decides he's going to auction off one of his wives. Yes, fine. Yes. <laughs> ah! Hey, by now, I don't bloody give a damn how a man prays. There's enough room in hell for all of us. But it just ain't equitable, man. For you to be having two of something, all of us here got none of. Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Your mules live. And I got a beauty that cost me $140. I'll swap you straight, my mule, for one of your wives. Now, which one's baby's mother? God knows I wouldn't want to separate mother and child. I am. Oh, good. I fancied to the one I did. 
This is immoral. I hope so. <laughs> the woman's married. No, she's not. We don't recognize plural marriage in California. Then I'll bid $250 in gold for her. $260. $265. Wait a minute. You can't buy a woman for money. You just try and get one without it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about it, Mormons? Jacob, we need every penny, Jacob. And I can't bear another day of those martyred looks. There, there it is again. This ain't a martyred look, Sarah. This look is pure hatred. Quiet. Brigham Young has 27 wives, and he hasn't had half the trouble with them I've had with the two of you. Then simplify your life, Jacob. Sell me. But, Elizabeth, you don't know what you'll get. I know what I've had. <laughs> Gentlemen, out here, I ain't a Mormon. Now, Elizabeth is a headstrong woman, especially since her own baby died two weeks ago. But she's given her consent to be sold. Therefore, if any of you want to bid for her, so be it. But let's go outside where there's room for more people. Ooh, but these religious dogs are bloody greedy. Come on, come on. And the the look on all these, because there's only men in this camp, and at this point there's probably 50 men maybe. And they're just, God, they're just, they, they're like drooling over the fact that these women have come into town. It's, it's kind of disturbing in a way. It, it is. I was, that's why I kind of was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and so there's an auction for the hand of uh, the Gene Seaver character, uh, Elizabeth. And, and, of course, Lee Marvin is drunk, and he gets involved in it. And he's got this deal with Partner where if, if he ever gets into debt and can't cover the, the debt, that Partner has to cover it for him. Because Partner feels bad that he's getting all the benefit of this, this uh, gold mine when it was really kind of Lee Marvin's character that that got it going and and Lee Marvin's like well don't worry you're gonna you're gonna pay your share eventually no <laughs> kidding he, he really does because uh Ben bids eight hundred dollars on Elizabeth which is a lot of money back then and he, of course he doesn't have the money so then <laughs> a partner has to pay cover the cover the cost when, uh, there's a woman in Atwell's pressing her breast in the saloon <laughs> I know there is men, and we're bidding for them. Look! Ben, where are you going? Hey, partner, there's a breast of Atwell's pressing a woman against her. You yeah, want to bet? You better stay here, Ben. Huh? Look! There's another one! Yeah, well, he's a Mormon. He has two wives. I'll kill him. And they're bidding on her right now. Well, what's a bit? Yeah, well, whatever more. the bid is, whatever the bid is, I do it. Oh. Four hundred dollars was bid last. Mr. Ben Rumson gallantly doubles that bid to eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred. What? Wait a minute. I'm his partner, and he withdraws the bid. You have power of attorney. Power of what? Written permission, signed and witnessed. Well, he could do all that, he could talk for himself. 
800! Twice! Wake up, Ben. Come on. Sold to Mr. Ben Rumpson for $800! <laughs> But it's funny because the, the three of them kind of have this triangle relationship and it actually ends up they both marry her. And there's this really funny scene about her saying to them, well, why can't I have two husbands? I was yeah. I rode into town with a man who had two wives and why can't I have two husbands? And I was like, yeah, that's right. Why can't you have two husbands? I was like all on her side about that. <laughs> and this and the brain trust of these two guys, they, they, they couldn't quite figure that out. <laughs> I was married to a man who had two wives. Why can't a woman have two husbands? Because you can't. Well, why? You explain it to her, will you, Ben? I'd like to oblige, partner, but I'll be damned if I can think of a reason. You know, out here we make up our own rules as we go along. A man rides into town with two wives wants to sell one at auction. Nobody thinks twice about it. And if a town needs female companionship, hijacking them seems the natural thing to do. And if two partners want to share the same wife, why not? This ain't Michigan. It's gold country. Why, hell, it's the golden country, untouched and uncontaminated by human hands. It's where people can someday look civilization straight in the eye and spit. And you don't have to please anybody. And you don't have to love thy neighbor. You leave the bastard alone. It's wild, human, and free, and all over this nation. They preach against it every Sunday. But I don't think God's listening. You know why? Because he's here in glorious California. You trying to tell me, Ben, that you're willing? I am. I think it's a humane, practical, beautiful solution. It does make a lot of sense. It don't. It don't in Michigan. It does in California. Well, what's everybody going to say? What everybody are you talking about? You mean that everybody's up in town getting ready to play chamber music with them French horns? Why, they'd be damn glad to have two less in line and you know it. Ben, you're right. Of course I'm right. You've been carrying on like somebody was asking you to do something downright immoral. Like stealing gold. That's right, I have, and it ain't as bad as all what that. What the hell's bad about it? You show me anywhere on that whole long list of Ten Commandments where it says a woman can't have two husbands. There ain't no commandment like that. Hot damn, I think it's great. It's history-making. So, but, but I like uh, to, to to Ben's credit, you know, he he was sort of like, well, we're out on the frontier. We make our own rules. We can do whatever we want. And and I was like, well, that's pretty much true, I would say, because who's going to stop them? So they proceed, uh, and I, I found the 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 scene where Marvin, where Ben and Elizabeth are finally married, and 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 I, it was kind of disturbing the way he treated her. It was like he had purchased an item. And he expected yeah. he expected to do certain things, and she said, "Wait a minute." Well, and she doesn't put up with it because she grabs no. his gun and threatens to shoot him. And then he kind of comes around, and uh, she has some demands, and she wants him to build a cabin for her. 
And it was funny because he got the whole mining camp involved in building this cabin. <laughs> Wasn't that scene hilarious where he comes out and, and the whole camp is waiting outside across the river, in the river, to find out how things went after yeah. the wedding night? I mean, yeah. like, good Lord. That probably was overstated, but I'm sure there was some of that that went on in those camps. I mean, I have no idea what those places were like. For one thing, none of those people had ever seen a bathtub. <laughs> no, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> ever in their life. Wow. So they kind of, yeah, so like I said, they end up with, she ends up marrying both of them. Uh, I don't know how official this marriage was, but uh, they, they also have this idea where they, sh- they should bring in more women. And there's this uh, stagecoach yeah. that's coming into, was it Carson City or something like that? And they they were going to hijack the stagecoach and hijack these women. And Ben thinks this is a great idea. And then one of the other miners was like, do, do you not see the problem with this? If you don't understand that hijacking a stagecoach and kidnapping these women is, is, is bad, then I don't know what you think is bad. And Ben just kind of has this look on his face like, well, I really don't know either. I don't either. So here we go. He, so, he refers to, they're referred to as uh, six French tarts. Yeah, yeah. I thought, Jesus. And so they hatch this wow. plan to where he's going to pretend to be a soldier and, and like five other guys are going to ride out with them and they're going to say that uh, the road that they're supposed to take is closed because it's uh, too dangerous and they're going to go this other way. And and then that scene of them driving through the, the stagecoach over just open country. Oh. And then the way that they ride into town in, in the creek, they're actually riding, you know, into town in, in the creek because it's pretty shallow. And then the and then they stop and the women get out and they all look like they're so motion sick and they're going to just throw up all over the place. <laughs> it's like, welcome to No Name City. That's, that's the name of the town is No Name City. This parts of this film... For me, I have to I have to put my mind back in 1969 and not 2020 2021 when some of this stuff is going on. It's like, really? Well, it, <laughs> and it's just it's like dialed up to an eleven. It's just so over the top, you know. Like it is. everything everything they do is just just you can't think of this as some kind of a realistic portrayal of what things were like back then. It's just yeah, it's it's kind of a goofy movie. Very cartoonish in a lot of ways, um, but then so then they they build a two story saloon and then up upstairs is the whorehouse. The town booms; it's a boom town, and there's there's like hundreds of people there. Oh and yeah, they, and, the, and, and it's and, yeah. doing great. They got gold, and they're making money off of the people coming into town and the saloon and the casino, and then and then this this preacher guy rides into town and. He's he's like he's so full of judgment, man. He just starts judging everybody that he sees. Everybody on everything. He's got a line where he says, "Good morning, Miss Rumson. How are your husbands?" They're fine, thank you, Mr. Atwell. Husbands, I hear husbands. You animals, you pagans. Oh God, Lord of Hosts, close thine eyes and hold thy nose. I am passing through the garbage of humanity. Go on, theory. Scum, keep your filthy horse off my wife, Princess Hummingbird. You heathen swine. You don't know what God done to Sodom and Gomorrah. 
when he couldn't find 50 righteous men in them stinking cities? Well, I can show God a place where there ain't 40. Yeah. 30. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Or one. And everybody in the crowd raises their glasses and they're like, yeah, we agree with you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So get, on, get out. Yeah. Or get they on They didn't appreciate it. his uh, judgment coming into town like that. And he was nonstop all the time. And I, yeah. I can't find him. I don't remember his name. Uh, Alan Dexter as the parson, I think. The parson. There he is. Yeah, Alan Dexter is the parson. Boy, par- calling him a parson is an understatement. Yeah. Man. It's kind of the first indication that civilization is catching up to them. Because to me, the three acts of the movie is there's the first act where they're really out on the frontier, and it's this really rough and tumble mining camp. And then Elizabeth comes into town, and, and she starts kind of civilizing at least Ben and partner a little bit. And then the town starts to blossom, and... That's kind of maybe the middle part, and then then the parson comes into town, and and that's the the for, forefront of civilization coming. And then the third act is when they rescue those settlers in the snow. Yeah, Ben is sort of kicked out of his house because Elizabeth and partner don't want to tell them tell these 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 settlers uh, that they're both married to her, and they 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 put on this show of of being like real sort of like up and up god-fearing people uh which (laughs) which ben does not appreciate (laughs) it works for a while but then it falls apart but ben is able to influence horton fenty oh my gosh is he ever boy the son the son of uh this this family that had been rescued from the snow he he was the epitome of an innocent child an older innocent child he'd never had a drink he'd never been with a woman He'd never been to a saloon. I mean, he was he was He'd so, never gambled. Never gambled. He was so sheltered, and 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 it was it was a really funny scene when he had his first drink, and Ben is is sitting there looking at him, and he he just downs like it probably was at least two shots of whiskey. It and didn't he, seem to phase him. It doesn't seem to phase him, and Ben says, um, "So, uh, how how are you feeling?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and the kid's like, "Fine, fine." He pours himself another big glass and downs it, and. Ben puts his arm around him and says, so, have, have you ever been with a woman? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember did uh, if Ben and uh, Horton tried their hand at poker or not. I think that was in there, too. Yeah, they did, and he won a huge amount of money, and, yeah, and so yeah, that, he then was... he got kind of got addicted to that, and then he really... <laughs> like hanging yes. out with the women in the saloon, and it, boy, he really it's got like, addicted to that. Yeah, like ten or fifteen minutes later, he looks like he's complete, complete debauchery. You know, he's he hasn't bathed. He he just looks like he's drunk, and, and his poor parents are just like, "What has happened?" Yes. And meanwhile, uh, one of the characters that I, I thought was also uh, very funny and over the top was the Ray Walston character of Mad Jack Duncan. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. underneath the city. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they find gold dust coming down through the rafters of all these places, and they start digging underneath all the buildings to collect the gold dust. People are using gold dust to pay for things at the saloon, and it keeps 
falling on the ground and then of course it gets kicked down underneath and so they decide they well there's a lot of gold dust underneath the saloon we should and, and not just the saloon like other like the store and the, the the you know all over town so they start building tunnels underneath the town all over the place it's like the whole town is riddled with tunnels underneath it and they're not very well constructed, as we find out a little bit later. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> and I was, I was laughing because how could nobody know that they were building these tunnels? I mean, that's 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 a big operation. So they're they're going to get found out. But they, you know, they've got this secret pack. There's about eight of them that seem to be in on this tunnel building scheme. And uh, they they bring uh, the what's his name Horton Horton Fenty. Fenty. They bring him in on it, and they tell yeah. him, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. right. Don't tell mom. Hey, Bargoon. I must have been down here too long. You're beginning to smell like a woman. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Rumson. You're an hour late. And who the hell's the bloody stranger? Oh, don't worry. You won't tell anybody. He's practically one of the family. Just wanted to see what a gold mine looked like. If you so much as open your mouth about this tunnel, I'll put a stick of dynamite in it. You tell no one, do you hear? I swear before God. I said no one. You start at end of number four and work an extra hour to make up for being late. And then above all this mess, they're having... Uh, the parson is preaching on and on. They're having this bull... This big bull contest, the bullfighting contest. A bull, a bull versus a bear. Yeah, never, a bull I'd versus a bear. I've never heard of that before. And uh, the parson just goes on, harangues the town that the whole town's going to collapse, and it's going to be swallowed up by God's wrath if they don't repent. caused everything to start collapsing was it just the bull running around on top of these tunnels i think it was the bull and then the bear and then all of the traffic of the people people. and just the 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 poorly constructed nature of the tunnels but basically everything starts collapsing and and the the pre the the parson and the bull 
uh, collapse down into the, one of the tunnels and there's all this dust and then Ben and, and uh, uh, Horton are down there and they see being this bull around. and they're being chased in the tunnels by this bull. And it, again, it's just like so cartoonish. It's out of control. Uh, the, the whole time this is going on, because this is in the third act and it's already been really a long film, I'm thinking, how much was the budget for all that? Just amazing, all those tunnels. Oh my and, gosh, uh, yeah. But anyway, it turns out that the entire town, or almost all the town, collapses. Just as the parson said. Yeah. It would be swallowed up by the wrath of God. Yep, yep. And, uh, well, that's kind of the end of the town, and, and most of the people decide that they're going to move out further west, or, or maybe north towards uh, the, the, the gold rush uh, up north. Pardoner uh, decides he's going to stay back with Elizabeth, and... And then Ben is going to ride off. And I think uh, that's where we find out Partner's real name. Yes. But, but yeah, the, the kind of the closing shot is just part is, is Ben uh, riding off with all these other people uh, trying to get further away from civilization. I, I, I feel like he, he doesn't really care where he goes or what he does. He just doesn't want to be around all these people and all their judgments and all their, uh, you know, trying to build it. I think he's got a line well, where pretty soon there's going to be a library here and a museum and a yeah. post office. And I don't want any of that. And par Partner's even set to go with him until he finds out that Ben is not going to stay married. And that's when Partner says, oh, well, I can, he figures out I can stay with, I can stay with Elizabeth now. Off Ben rides in with a lot of the townspeople. It's just full of, of, uh, Character actors and 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 a lot of a lot of songs. I think there's over a dozen songs by Lerner and Lowe. And the, the one that sticks in my mind is the Wandering Star, where Ben sings that. It's so melancholy. It fits. It fits his mood. Yeah, Wandering Star, and also I like Gold Fever. Gold Fever. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. And it's hard not to watch and enjoy. Hand me down that can of beans. Yeah, that's pretty funny. There's one where um, uh, Clint Eastwood is walking through the trees. I talked to the trees. Uh, that was a good one. I, I, I like that one. I talked to the trees, but they don't listen to me. I talked to the stars, but they never hear me. The breeze hasn't time to stop and hear what I say. I talk to them all in vain. But suddenly my words reach someone else's ear. He's walking through the trees and he's yeah, kind of just, yeah. he, he's just, I think he's feeling like he is maybe the happiest just out in nature and he talks to the trees, but they don't talk back. And it, it is a little bit melancholy. I mean, the whole movie I feel like is a little bit melancholy. I don't feel like there's ever a part in the movie where, where it just seemed like they were just really happy. Uh, the only time that came close to that is when they were all dancing to hand me down that can of beans. They were, at least they were at least they were wild and, and frenetic. I don't know if they were happy. 
because they'd all been drinking a lot. But no, it's 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 not an upbeat film, that's for sure. It, the whole film is kind of melancholy, yeah. Well, and expensive. I just <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I mean, wow. There's parts of it that I really like. I, I like Ben's character. I like the way Lee Marvin just really exaggerated that character and there were some scenes where it looked like he'd been plugged in and his hair was like standing up and he's got this crazy (laughs) out of control beard and mustache and i was like wow i mean he just really went all in on this character i really appreciate that Um, i liked some of the songs i thought i thought elizabeth's character was interesting she was pretty a pretty strong female character i like that she did a did a good job her, her film career was cut short. She died at the age of 40. Oh, my gosh. From a probable suicide. She had a lot of issues. And there's a whole side story or backstory to her involvement in some kind of a FBI uh, undercover operation. I'm not quite, I didn't read about that too much. so I Well, I, read, I also read that her and Clint Eastwood had a, an affair on set. And, the, and then when they got back to Hollywood, he just sort of ignored her and just didn't didn't even acknowledge that they were together. And I think, well, this article that I read said that was really hard on her. But again, that's all that's all hearsay. I don't just what I read on the internet. There's a lot of hearsay about the film. I gave the film a six. I liked the uh, production values with the opening of that gigantically long wagon train of people and the music for that and the closing and the campsite and the beauty of that but uh, it just couldn't seem to make up its mind was it a musical was it a comedy was it a drama it just was all over the lot so how about you yeah this is another one that's hard to rate i i I was right down the middle out of five um i don't think i would watch it again although there were things about it that i i really liked it was beautifully it was beautifully shot the location filming was amazing the acting was was good um, there were scenes where I felt like Clint Eastwood was uncomfortable, but I feel like maybe that was his character. Like, his character was kind of uncomfortable. Um, he, he just seemed like a little bit of a fish out of water in, in some scenes. This wasn't really the life for him, whereas with Ben's character, he just fit into that life perfectly. Well, I think probably Eastwood probably was a little uncomfortable when he watched how, how the budget just soared and the delays and all. He was probably thinking, good night, tighten it up. Yeah, so, yeah, five or six, it's kind of in the middle for me. Um, things that I really like, but then it was just way, way, way too long. I, I, there was parts where I, I was bored. They they were kind of in love with it, right? Like, they couldn't cut things out because I feel like they yeah. they liked things too much. They were a little bit too attached to some of the stuff that definitely could have been cut. It's interesting. I, I agree with the, the, your comments about the length of it. And I compare it in my mind to Dr. Zhivago, which is a very long film. And, and I never got tired of that. And when it ended, I was hoping that it would continue. It was just the opposite reaction. It's not the length. The like, yeah, it's not the, it's not the number of minutes. It's, it's what they did with the, with the time. And yeah. there was a lot of dead space in the film. It, I'm glad we watched it, though, because I, I can now say that I watched the movie where Clint Eastwood was singing, which is... Um, I never even knew that this movie existed. And we can't forget, to, congratulations to Lee Marvin for his one gold record. <laughs> right. <laughs> so our next film up is another musical. It's Seven Brides for Seven Brothers from, uh, I forget the year, from 1954. 
with Howard Keel and some of the best dancing that I've ever seen in a film. 1954 with, uh, yeah, Howard Keel is back with his baritone voice. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Jane Powell, I believe, is the lead woman. This is a good one. I've seen this one a couple times, so this will be fun. So that's up next, and uh, I think that wraps it up for this go-around. Yeah, well, thanks for listening. That was our review of uh, Paint Your Wagon. And coming to you from North Bend, this is Matt. And here in Los Angeles is Bob wishing everybody happy movie watching. Sorry about that. If I didn't take a break, it would have been really bad. Oh no, not not don't don't worry about that. On on Tuesday, I was doing dishes after having breakfast. Uh, I'm not sure where Nancy was at the time, and it hit me, and I did like the hundred yard dash, or as I call it, the green apple quick step. And, and I, there was I had no room for air. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I still remember the time I came in the office. In Issaquah, and I had to. <laughs> I I had to I had to do a quick change and go over to Target to buy some new undies. <laughs> new undies. So I'm the last person in the world you should ever have to explain that to. I or tell the, you, I, or I live in, Chicago, in terror of that. In Chicago, when Mom had to come pick you up. Yes, that, that was the end of a suit. I couldn't believe it. All three stalls were full. <laughs> you talk about a panic. So anyway... <laughs>